welcome to Talking Walking, hosted by Andrew Stuck from Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. Talking Walking brings you interviews with people from the world of walking, artists, activists, professionals, and those of us who have a passion for just taking a walk. Ben Clifford was almost stranded in Melbourne at the beginning of lockdown. He returned home to Croydon on almost the last flight leaving Australia. With time on his hands, he began mapping and walking the parish boundaries of this large outer London borough. Several weeks later, having walked hundreds of miles, Ben has traced eight interconnected walks and called his project Beating the Bounds. Having walked the boundary of the London borough of Greenwich myself, I was interested to find out what Ben had discovered. We meet on Conduit Lane, close to the start of the Vanguard Way, a long-distance trail from Croydon to the south coast. Okay, great. Well, tell me a little bit about where we are. Uh, so we're um, on a footpath called Conduit Lane, which uh, is in Croydon. It, it's actually on the ancient parish boundary between what was Croydon Parish and what was uh, Addington Parish. Uh, and it now actually forms part of the Vanguard Way long-distance footpath that uh, starts in Croydon and finishes on the Sussex coast. Yeah, so this is an ancient trackway. I marked a boundary. Yes, yeah, so, did. And a parish boundary. So this might have been every Rogation Sunday someone might have walked and, and beaten the bounds. Yes, absolutely. It would have been da down this route that they were beating the bounds for about hundreds of years, really. And, and so it still formed a, a boundary until 1928 when uh, Addington became part of what was then the county borough of Croydon. So you, you've called the uh, group of walks Beating the Bounds. Can you encapsulate the history of Beating the Bounds? Yes. It takes us back, I think, as I said before, we, we didn't map boundaries in, until the 19th century. So you very much relied on uh, an oral tradition passing down where, where the boundaries lay. So actual origins of our parish boundaries are... <laughs> sort of beyond recorded history actually, uh, but they were most likely related to land ownership patterns in the Anglo-Saxon period. Uh, so Croydon was actually in the manner of the Archbishop of Canterbury, which is why it's really quite a large parish compared to all its neighbours, I think because the Archbishop had a very large estate. But essentially what were the, the manorial estates uh, evolved in, in, into parishes, uh, and then a piece of church law from 1180 fixed the boundaries uh, and said... Even if the manor changes hands or it gets divided or subdivided, this isn't about land ownership patterns anymore. This, this is about uh, the administration of the church. Uh, so, so the church would be demanding people pay taxes or pay penance to the church? Yes, right. yes, absolutely. So they wanted to know what lay within their boundaries because they, they would raise taxes, the, the tithe uh, tax. There's a really good website called, called Vision of Britain. Uh, which actually has, uh, for any historic parish in England, the details of the boundaries and, and the census and all, all kinds of local historical data uh, that, that come together. So the boundaries are sort of fixed by, by 1180, but they're, they're not mapped. So an annual procession, a walk around the, the boundaries would, would take place, uh, led by someone like the church warden. Uh, it would take place over several days because you'd actually meet with the neighbouring parish because you had to agree between the two of you where this boundary uh, lay. So uh, you, you'd meet on successive days with, with your neighbouring parishes uh, and agree uh, where the boundaries were. There's some interesting records just describing how this happened. So you would sort of say, well, 
that, that, that oak tree there marks the boundary and, and it'd often be uh, features like that. And so while in a sense the, the sort of boundary was fixed, in another sense sometimes it moved because you'd have a dispute whether the, this particular field lay in, in, in one parish uh, or, or another. So it was this sort of annual negotiation and re reconfirmation that took place and, and the walk uh, which took you all the way round was called Beating the Bounds, the Bounds of the Parish. So, so that's where the phrase came from and that's why I called my walks around Croydon uh, Beating the Bounds. Is this actually a right-of-way? Because I understood that in sort of metropolitan areas rights-of-way don't really actually exist. Uh, no, this, this is a right-of-way. They don't not exist altogether. They're sometimes less obvious. But particularly when you get to the fringes of London and, and boroughs like Croydon, then, then you do start having public rights-of-way. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, actually, uh, this one's a bridleway. Okay, so what got Ben Clifford wandering around discovering the old parish boundaries of Croydon? Uh, so it's, it's definitely related to pandemic. I've, I've, I've always uh, enjoyed walking and been a walker. Um, the pandemic hit and it was quite... Well, for all of us, quite sort of dislocating, I suppose. But, but for me particularly, I was actually on a, a sabbatical from my university job at UCL and I was uh, at the University of Melbourne. Where I was meant to be for three months teaching and researching. Uh, suddenly this pandemic hit. I had to sort of leave Australia in a hurry, uh, otherwise I would have been stranded. So suddenly I found myself back home in Croydon, when I didn't expect to be, uh, under conditions I'd never uh, envisaged. Uh, and the government saying, stay local, you can have daily exercise. So I just started walking more and more around uh, Croydon uh, as a form of exercise and a, a way of staying local. And over that lockdown, I pretty much walked every direction uh, from my house. And on one of the walks, I ended up a bit further along what was this boundary between Addington and Croydon and um, in some woods called Selsdon Woods. Uh, and they'd actually signposted the, the uh, footpath as Addington border. And I thought, oh, is, is that the border? Uh, and then later in the sort of lockdown, uh, my partner's a historian, uh, downloaded historic parish maps uh, and looked. Uh, and indeed it was on, on the parish boundary. And then I noticed, actually, the parish boundaries were pretty much exactly the, the, the modern boundaries of, of Croydon. And I thought, well, I always like a walk that has a sort of purpose, uh, whether it's following a, a, a long-distance path or, or, or something with an objective. Uh, and I thought, well, I could make my own walks that, that go all the way around what's now the modern borough of Croydon and all the parishes that, that became the uh, borough and, and sort of recreate this tradition of, of beating the bounds. Uh, so it was really sort of something to do during lockdown. OK, and so you are actually Croydon borough born and bred. Yes. You know, did you have a good knowledge of the borough already on foot? Not on foot, actually. So yes, I've, I've grown up here, lived, lived here all my life apart from four years. So I, in a sense, know Croydon very well, but actually I'd usually go around by public transport or, or uh, driving. I don't, I don't have a car, but, but I can drive. So there are sort of islands of places all across Croydon where I've been, uh, seeing friends, going to shops, uh, going to Ikea, <laughs> anything like that. But they weren't entirely connected. Most of, of the borough I'd never walked in. I'd walked actually along certain footpaths because they get between my house and my mum's house or um, the Vanguard Way because it was a footpath that I was following. But actually the majority of the borough I hadn't. Uh, and walking between different parts of the borough uh, actually made me get to know somewhere that, 
I'd lived all my life far, far better. Uh, and there were all kinds of just different streets, different bits of neighbourhoods within the borough that I'd never been to. So if we walked all the way around the outside edge, what would that take us? be about um, 46 miles uh, away around the edge. So it's a huge borough, isn't it? Yeah, it and, is. And, and, it, and it sort of only turned up in London, well, how, you know, how long ago? I mean, for uh, some people of my age, I, I remember coroners not being part of London. So. It, was, it was 1965. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, really showing my age, yeah. aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah, the, the creation of Greater London was 1965, so yeah, historically it was part of Surrey, of course. And actually, as, as part of looking up about the, the boundaries and preparation of the walk, I then actually started reading up a bit uh, about that because I was quite interested in how we came to have this borough that, that, as we do. What was really interesting for me was this, this was all pushed under a Conservative government and it was only prompting me to, to reflect then that actually the, the predecessor London County Council, the LCC, which had a much smaller area, was uh, very heavily dominated by the Labour Party. Uh, throughout the 20th century. And I think it was a deliberate political strategy. I mean, it, it made planning sense to, to sort of extend London because it, it was bigger anyway, but I think there was also a political desire to have a, a county that wouldn't be so dominated by the, the Labour Party by including more suburban areas that perhaps were, were more likely to vote Conservatives. So it was a Conservative government that, that commissioned this review and that then pushed through the creations of borough boundaries. Uh, so in the case of Croydon, it was bringing together what was the county borough of Croydon, uh, with what was called uh, Coulson and Purley Urban District, which is more suburban, more conservative, uh, actually, and wasn't very happy uh, about being included uh, in this uh, new Greater London at all. Uh, and there's quite a campaign against it, but uh, they didn't succeed. And from, from April 1965, we, we had the borough as we do now. Right, OK, so... I'm intrigued too also by who or what you encountered while you were doing your walks. Because we're now walking now, admittedly we're, lockdown is sort of e supposedly easing. And so far we've met three people. What, was it the same for you? Did you find that where you walked you didn't actually meet people? On the whole, not, not many people at all. So I did it this, this, it was this year under this, this most recent lockdown that I did it. Uh, and the first weekend was actually snowing in, in, in February. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> Quite a lot of snow. And actually, uh, it was along this route and further out to the very edge of, of Greater London that, that I walked. And, and the snow was sort of getting deeper and deeper the further I went, uh, which was very atmospheric. But I, I think a lot of people were put off uh, going for a walk under those conditions. Some places, when, when you get to the sort of top of the Croydon boundary to, to, towards what's now Southwark and, and Lambeth. It's an urban area towards Crystal Palace, places like that. I saw a few more people, but a lot of the time, no. It was, it was me, my map, and uh, looking out for, for various features along the, along the way. Well, I mean, this is something that I've always found sort of kind of crazy, is that you only need to walk a, a short distance away from the hubbub of the highway, and uh, you discover uh, routes which are, you know, very rarely used. People do walk uh, along here, but one of the challenges, particularly when you get into outer London, is, is there's still this car dominance. And I think that's, particularly in outer London boroughs, um, still a, a feature where people just drive so much to, to, to get around, even if it's just short journeys within Croydon. But I think also what they do is they drive to then go for a walk. Yes. And what, what I'm 
I, I imagine your um, is it eight walks you've done? Yes. I imagine the eight walks, which are all interconnected, because they're sort of obviously parishes merge with other parishes or bound yep. other parishes. Yep. They, they must create <laughs> some kind of network which yes. people could use if they so wished. Yes, they, they, they did, and, and I was following well either either streets, um, public footpaths. There are a few places where where you're in public open areas, so. Uh, the sort of commons uh, at the southern edge of Croydon. The boundary must also go across private land. Yes, so that, 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 there were deviations. So the, the, well, <laughs> I'd say there was no trespassing involved. What we did have during lockdown is uh, various golf courses were closed to, to golf uh, and uh, seemed to have a, a permissive approach to, to walking across them. In a few places I was able to, to get more true to the boundary by going... <laughs> right across the middle of some golf courses, of which we have a number around here, which obviously you couldn't do now, but I've actually mapped out all the walks so that they could be done by, by people following the, the routes on completely publicly accessible uh, places. Have you found that other people have been doing something similar in their boroughs? No, I, I hadn't, seen, hadn't seen that at all. What, what I had done and been doing for, for some time before I recently completed it was, was doing the London Loop, so all the way uh, around Greater London. And I suppose that was probably in the back of my mind where, when thinking, let's do a Croydon version. I think people tend to, to, to like to follow uh, sort of routes that they can easily navigate. And, and so the London Loop's really popular, and actually while I've been doing it, I've seen several friends on social media who've, who've also been doing it sort of very easily set out for you, isn't it? This, this you know, really well um, signposted. Signposted, indeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do think it's, it's, it's a nice way to, to think about. The borough's been here for over 50 years now. I think it's actually fascinating to be able to walk around it and, and just see the diversity of, of places within uh, this borough. So what were the best and the worst bits? Some of the best bits are, it, just in terms of, a nice walk would be the bits at the southern edge where, where you're against the Surrey boundary. Um, you've got places like Coolsdon Common, R- Riddlesdown, Selsdon Woods, uh, which are very, very scenic. It's a genuinely nice walk if you, if you want to see some greenery. Equally, the part that, that took me up uh, to, to Crystal Palace, I, I think, was uh, just really interesting for, for me. There's a, a point at the top there where what are now four boroughs, but had been four parishes between Camberwell and, and uh, Lambeth, Penge and Croydon all meet uh, at one point, uh, called the Vicar's Oak. So traditionally, before boundaries were, were mapped, and, and this was part of the purpose of beating the bounds, was, was, was to, to reenact where they, they lay, but you'd rely on landscape features. Uh, and so something like a very prominent oak tree, uh, such as the Vicar's Oak there, there at Crystal Palace, w- would be really important uh, for that. So that was just historically fascinating. There's also some parish boundary markers for, for Penge, um, which I didn't even realise until uh, I started doing this walk, had, had been a detached part of Battersea Parish. So you had parishes with detached pieces uh, all over the place t- t- till they were sort of cleaned up during the Victorian era. Uh, and so that was a really interesting walk. Um, so that was definitely towards the best. I suppose the, the, the worst, just uh, as you come down the, the uh, western boundary of, of Croydon uh, against Sutton, you basically go through the industrial estates uh, behind Ikea and the edge of, of Purley Way. It's not particularly pleasant walking. I, mean, I was glad to complete my route for, for, for this sense of completeness, but some suburban streets are really interesting, but walking through an industrial estate 
it, there wasn't that much that I really wanted to look at. Uh, it wasn't very scenic, so it was just a less pleasant walk. We're, we're continually following the Vanguard Way. Yes. Has it been a borough boundary we've, we've walked? Well, it's not a borough boundary anymore, but it had been the parish boundary. And we've arrived at somewhere which is called Little Heath Woods. Is it Heathland? Um, I mean, is this chalk coming through? We're on the, the edge of the North Downs, so um, from, from Croydon, the slope of the North Downs uh, starts. So around here, you've, you've got plenty of, uh, plenty of chalk. And, and Little Heath Woods is, is, had just been a, a, a patch of woodland, um, mainly, with uh, a little bit of heath. And of course, one of the big concerns in the 1920s and 30s was just the, the sprawling growth of London. At that time, we didn't have a proper system of planning control. London just kept growing out and growing out. Uh, all these 1930s se semis uh, sort of absorbing the countryside. And there were various patches of woodland that people wanted to preserve. So there's this one. There's, there's one about half a mile away called Chromehurst, where people bought them. People encouraged the council to buy them. So, so Croydon Council bought, bought these ones further away in Selsden. Uh, the National Trust got hold of some. And of course, City Commons. So... Riddles Down, Coulsdon Common, Kenley Common, those were all bought by the City of London Corporation. Yes, that's a sort of strange anomaly, isn't it? Because obviously they have Hampstead Heath as well. Yes. So do you know how that panned out? Why, how did that happen? I think it was in response to two concerns about the sprawling growth without a formal planning system, that the best way to stop that was to buy the land. Uh, and then you can stop anyone building these suburban houses uh, on it. Uh, and the, the City of London Corporation had uh, quite a lot of money. So I think through sort of public pressure, just decided to respond by buying these patches of open land. Well, wow, it's fantastic they did. Yes, and it's, it's you know, it's now the, the edge of the, the uh, Metropolitan Green Belt, so it's, it's completely protected now from, from development. Okay, so how did you research this? Were you, were you on the Google map? Were you on OpenStreetMap? Were you on Ordnance Survey? So, so the interesting thing, of course, and the whole point about the, the beating the bounds was, was that parish boundaries weren't mapped because we didn't have um, systematic mapping of the country until we had the Ordnance Survey. So until the sort of early 19th century, when you had, following Act of Parliament, production of tithe maps, and then in the sort of mid-19th century, when the Ordnance Survey... Uh, start including boundaries uh, on their maps. You, you, you didn't have uh, mapped boundaries and they were passed down by uh, all history and, and this annual sort of beating the bounds to, to, to reaffirm where, where the boundaries lay. But you do have these 19th century maps, particularly Ordnance Survey maps, that, that you can use. I'm very lucky through, through UCL to have access to, to a thing called Digimap. So I was able to access that and, and get the data that, that had the parish boundaries then I mapped them against modern ordnance survey maps which is particularly helpful one of the problems with google maps is great in terms of accessibility to, to everyone but it's very dominated actually by by streets and it's not very good on paths and tracks that, that, that are away from from roads uh, so uh, still rely heavily on on good old ordnance survey maps for that did, did you discover paths that weren't mapped or did you think God, why, why on earth was there never a path created here? <laughs> yes, a, a little bit. Yeah, I was keen to, to get as close to the boundaries as I could. There, there were areas where you had patches of, of woodland and things, 
which didn't have marked rights of way, but they often have paths through them. So there was some sections where I just sort of tried my luck going along paths, usually successfully, but there was one uh, occasion in, in New Addington, which is a large estate on the edge of Croydon, uh, and walking on the old parish boundary, and uh, it wasn't marked on a map, but there was a, a small path leading in behind some houses into an area sort of woodland, and I thought, well, oh, this is much closer to the, the actual uh, ancient boundary, the modern borough boundary, than, than going along the road. So I started walking along it, and it, it kept going. It was going in the perfect direction. And I thought, this is this is this is good, um, and then it just came to a dead end, just fenced off com completely, uh, and then I had to, to retrace my steps about uh, half a mile to get back uh, and try a different way. So that one didn't succeed, but there were other times, particularly when, when you had woodland or open space, green space, where you just found a, a track that wasn't marked but, but seemed to go in the right direction. Okay, so what next, Ben, if you've mapped the boundaries of Croydon? Uh, having just finished the, the, the London Loop, probably going to do the South Downs Way uh, as the next long distance path. So once I finish that, I'd like to do the Thames Path. So some well-trodden paths I'll certainly be doing in, in stages. But actually quite appeals to me doing something else locally particularly you might take a Sunday to go and do a, a long distance path if you've got some time between work sort of midweek to, to do something more locally so, <laughs> I've actually been looking at uh, the list of historic listed buildings in Croydon dotted round it was about 170 listed buildings so I thought I'd just make up some walks that would take me past all the, the listed buildings I was just going to show you one of the Old boundary markers. So this is Croydon Borough, 1928? Yes. So this is along the boundary that had been between Croydon Parish and Addington Parish. And then and, and Croydon Parish became a, a county borough of Croydon in, I think it was 1889. And then in 1928, they managed through an act of parliament absorb and uh, take over Addington Parish, um, which I think was sort of a part of an expansion strategy even then. And so they put their, their new markers along their new boundaries in, in 1928. So there's a few of these that, that are still preserved. And having grown up near here, these were just a, a feature in the woods that I took for granted, actually. It's quite interesting. It kind of splits the wood. It's not on the edge of the wood. No, no. Um, it went down through the, through the middle of these woods. And were many of these boundaries on the highest points? Or did they follow rivers? They would often follow rivers if there were rivers and streams. They, they definitely follow natural features. I, I asked my interviewees to suggest or recommend uh, a couple of walks. Uh, they don't have to be the ones that you've done because you've really told us about your best and worst bits. But uh, they could be conceptual, they could be anywhere else. Don't, don't, don't feel that you have to. But if you know a walk in Croydon, you might include it and might offer another one. I suppose there's two different walks. I really like the, the Vanguard Way, actually which starts in Croydon, as I said, takes you to the Sussex coast. Why is it called the Vanguard Way? Well, so it was, it was a group what was of, the purpose of it? It was just a, a route that a group of ramblers, uh, I think in the 1970s, uh, came up with when they were travelling back, covered in mud, from, from having a walk in the countryside to get back to Croydon. Uh, used to have guards' vans on the trains in those days. They <laughs> used to sit in the guards' van. And so guards' van became Vanguard. Ah. Um, and that's why they called it that. I liked it just because it, it, it takes you through some really nice countryside. You, you get down towards Ashdown Forest and places like that uh, in Sussex. It's, it's really a, sort of a, a, an attractive walk, but it's not walked that much. It was one of those walks where I could go a day without hardly seeing anyone. 
So that's a sort of actual walk. I suppose a, a conceptual walk is just wherever someone is to, to, to walk around what they think are the boundaries of, of their neighbourhood. We all have a place identity. We all have a, a sense of where we think uh, a place is and where it stops. Uh, and I suppose try, trying to walk around where you think your, your neighbourhood or, or your place stops uh, is quite an interesting exercise. You've been listening to Talking Walking, brought to you by Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. In this episode, you've heard from Ben Clifford. If you have any views on this interview or any walking issues, we'd love to hear from you. Just follow the links on the Talking Walking website. We look forward to having you along for future episodes of Talking Walking. recorded and produced by Andrew Stuck of Rethinking Cities Limited. Our artwork is designed by Ian Martin of Aardvark Graphics and the music is composed by Simon Sanders of Easy Tronic. <laughs>